With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's a loaded Monday. Coaches getting fired already in the NFL live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now. What a weekend. What a great four-day stretch where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. There was plenty of both. I am here to tell you that was four. I even went to a hockey game. I was going left and right. Uh, last night, the Chargers never failed to disappoint. But I want to be friends with Bradley Cooper, the actor. And I'm saying nice stuff about Philadelphia today, J-Mac. That team in close games, unbelievable. I'd, I'd say get it out of your system now because the Niners are beating them this coming Sunday. Well, let's start with this. I do not believe in coincidences. I do not believe in luck. I do not believe in fate. I do not. Philadelphia, last two years, is 14-2 and two in one-score games. The Bills are 8-9. and nine. Why? They both have great quarterbacks, both have good enough rosters, both have very smartly owned franchises. Why the disparity? Because the Eagles, as I've said before, have an absolute offensive identity, and the Bills have a really talented quarterback. That's not an identity. They asked Josh Allen to save the day, and sometimes he can. He's a remarkable player, and sometimes he can't. And in fourth quarters, in crisis, in close games, it's not enough. Seattle, defensive coach. Steelers, defensive coach. Chargers, defensive coach. Buffalo, defensive coach. What are their offensive identities? Eagles have an offensive coach. 
Josh Allen is now 0-6 in overtime in his career. You think it's a coincidence? I don't buy it. I don't buy fate. I don't buy luck. I don't buy coincidence. Three times this year, the Bills have faced an elite quarterback. Last night, Cincinnati when Burrow was healthy, and the Jags. And they're 0-3. Why would that be? Because when they face a team that has a quarterback that is at least in the stratosphere of Josh Allen's talent, Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, then the details matter. And the Bills' run game, oh, it's a little better this year, but still incredibly Josh Allen dependent. He had both their rushing touchdowns last night and half their yards. And once they get to the red zone where Philadelphia can beat you so many ways, it's all about Josh Allen making a play. That's what Mahomes has. Mahomes has the advantage of a coaching staff that can rebuild his offensive line in one off season, that can rebuild the defense in a year and a half, that can rebuild a receiving core. Buffalo, six years in, their run game is still overly dependent on one guy, especially in the red zone, Josh Allen. Philadelphia in the first half, played very lethargically, very flat, and gave the Bills twice a turnover and a short field. And Philadelphia led. But in the second half, when Philadelphia forced the Bills to drive down the field, Philadelphia had to drive down the field too, then it looked like the Eagles were the better team. And they clearly have a better identity. 14-2 and two, the last two years in one-score games. I don't want to hear about officials. I don't want to hear about luck. I don't want to hear about coincidences. I don't want to about the league is rigged. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They don't want the Cowboys to win Super Bowl last 30 years. That's what the league is. They, they, they don't want the Packers to make the playoffs last year with Aaron Rodgers. That's what the league really wants. Now, Philadelphia is great with an absolute identity, and the Super Bowl window, let's be honest for Buffalo, for the time being is closed. Because this year, Josh Allen, basically Superman, is an $18 million cap hit. You want to know what Josh Allen is next year? A $47 million cap hit. So you've wasted all this time. You have no offensive identity. You're super talented. I don't doubt that. I think you, I think you have really good people in the, the building. I think you have a smartly owned, smartly uh, GM'd franchise. You're not firing people left and right like that clown show down in Charlotte. That's not about it. But again, I look at some of these teams that are very talented, and they don't have an identity. You know who does? The Niners. Philadelphia. <laughs> Offensive coaches. And I think Sean McDermott has some questions to answer. It's more excuses. Eight and nine in one possession games the last two years, Josh Allen 0 and 6 in overtime. I do not believe in coincidences. Here's the coach after. There's a tough group of guys in that locker room, right? So a tough group of coaches. And um, you know, we're a good football team and, and we just came up came out on the short end here. So um, there are no, no moral victories. Um, every, each and every one of us have to look at ourselves, and like I told you, that starts with me, and um, and that's what you do. Um, that's what the best do, and and uh, I know our, our football team's a darn good football team. Little less prickly last night. Little less dogmatic. Didn't have the answers. 
Sean McDermott knows mirrors have always been effective. People don't like to look at him. At least he's acknowledging he does, which I appreciate. You cannot be 0-6 in overtimes with Josh Allen. Nope. Don't want to hear about it. Nope. NFL's not rooting against the Bills. The NFL would love to have Josh Allen in a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. They would love to have Josh Allen in a Super Bowl. They would have loved to Aaron Rodgers made the playoffs last year. Stop making excuses. Start winning close games. Build an identity. Philadelphia has it. Speaking of Philadelphia, the box score, it's just funny. That's why you you got to watch the games every snap. The box score would give you no indication Philly won the game last night. <laughs> it's crazy. Time of possessions, uh, first downs. It was one-sided Buffalo. Outgained in four straight games. 4-0 in those games. And I don't want to hear, well, what about the Steelers? No, no, because one team has a big boy quarterback. Philadelphia can beat you six different ways. They are the major league baseball pitcher that has three to four out pitches. Um, the Dolphins can fill a stat sheet. The Eagles fill the win column. This is what they do. They can play from behind. They can smush you. They can roll uh, in a track meet, uh, shootouts. They can win ugly. They, like last night, can have an awful first half. Awful. And beat a good team. Not a great team, Buffalo, but a good team. My only question about Philadelphia is, is Jalen Hurts underrated? Now, that sounds ridiculous, right? Because we talk about him all the time. But from IQ to resilience to playmaking to mobility to deep balls, when trailing in the second half for overtime this season, these numbers don't make any sense. This is, it is so hard to play this position when you're trailing. His passer rating is almost 140. He has seven passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and no picks. That's like better than Mahomes in the early days. That is Patrick Mahomes' territory. And Jalen Hurts is getting better. He's getting better. He did this without Lane Johnson. When he was missing Lane Johnson last year, it wasn't the same offense. Um, I mean, we have watched in the last couple of weeks Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts, you know, play one another, okay, in, in recent weeks, right? And I trust Jalen Hurts more. I know. Now, some of that's the Kansas City Chiefs' lack of star receivers. But um, I'm watching Jalen Hurts, and he that dude is presidential. People used to make fun of me when I used to talk about, I want my quarterback to be quarterback I want him to be presidential, hat on forward, buttoned up, from the way Jalen Hurts dresses, talks, podium, playing. He is so buttoned up. He is so dependable. There's a calmness with him. There's a, a, a maturity with him that last night, that game goes to overtime. Everybody in America not living in the, the Buffalo area code is like, oh yeah, Philadelphia is going to win this game. He's got the ability to be calm without being low energy, energized without being hyper, and clutch with no anxiety. It's really something special to watch. And um, we've had quarterbacks not drafted in the first round. Drew Brees, second round. Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Montana. We've had a lot of good quarterbacks that weren't top 10 picks. But you start looking at Philadelphia right now. What separates them is their ability to beat you so many ways and absolutely always be the best time on the field if the game is tied or close late. And I think it all starts with Jalen Hurts. Think about this. The last two weeks... We have seen Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts on the same field. Only one of them 
is 2-0 and with seven touchdowns and two fourth-quarter comebacks. Like, I, I, I'm to the point now, I always thought, yeah, he's somewhere in the top ten. Should we just now put him in the Allen Mahomes Burrow category? Because what I'm watching from maturity to calmness, uh, uh, resiliency to IQ, everything about this kid is right. The podium, the field, fourth quarter, post game, what he says before games, when he talks about injuries. I mean, if this is where the league is going, Jalen Hurts. I, 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 my only question about Philadelphia: Am I underrating this kid? Uh, here's their coach after. He's clutch. He's been clutch for us and clutch for this city and clutch for this team for the past, you know, three years now. And, uh, or, you know, and so, um, you know, just he just kept, you know, going and, and uh, put his head down and worked and, and made some big time plays at the end. You know, who knows? You don't have to be, uh, you know, we, we, we understand in quarterback play, it's not all linear. You're not great every Sunday. You have good halves, bad halves. It's really hard. It's really hard to be quarterback. But is there a more dependable quarterback late in games these days than Jalen Hurts? Fourth quarter, I just he just, you know, again, I'm not saying the O-line doesn't help, but he's been missing Lane Johnson. I'm not saying the running backs, the coaching, the receivers, they always have good tight ends. I'm not saying it's not a community, but boy, he is something. He is really something in games like last night. Uh, and the, yesterday there was a lot of bad quarterback play. There was a lot of average quarterback play. There was a lot of slightly above average quarterback play. And then there's Jalen Hurts. And it's just like, wow. And it, it, that second half, the ability to control things late, crucial plays. And again, you go to the box score, you to think Philadelphia lost by two touchdowns. And that's the art of it. They've got out pitches. They don't have to play great in the first few innings. They can play from behind. They can win ugly. Miami Dolphins fill a stat sheet. <laughs> Josh Allen fills a stat sheet. And I'm not knocking either because Miami's a fun watch and Josh Allen's amazing. Hurts wins games. And he wins them the way you got to win them in December and January and February. You're playing in cold weather. The margins shrink. You often trail. The pressure's intense. And that kid just gets better. That is, that, that's innate. I, I think you're, some of that stuff I don't think you can coach. Some of that stuff is just in Jalen Hurts. But how much fun is that to watch? All right, J-Mac, um, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong, 45 minutes from now. I really do want to be friends with Bradley Cooper. I think he'd like me. I, I want to be friends with Jalen Hurts. He's unflappable. Like, I want that guy on my rec league basketball team. We're down 10 late. He's not afraid of anything. I will say, how excited are you for the MVP showdown? Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy this week in <laughs> Philly. I'm, you know I'm pushing that Brock Purdy MVP angle. Hurts is the leader. By the way, seven for seven in the red zone the last two weeks. I mean, Philly gets down. He's like, they can't be stopped in the red zone. Unstoppable. Just touchdowns. It's really fun to watch. Um, some thoughts on Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. You thought you had him. You don't. And now they're even in a stronger position. Why I would make Michigan number one in the country today. I'll explain that coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos 
in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, it is great to have you in. So uh, we liked Michigan. We said whoever's more committed to the run in the Ohio State-Michigan game has won 21 straight. It's now official. It's 22. They both averaged about the same yards per carry, but Michigan once again was more committed. Ohio State came into the game as the eighth best rushing team in the Big Ten, and Michigan prevailed, as we thought. There's always a silver lining. Isn't this a good message for life? Even in the darkest, bumpiest, ugliest, most turbulent times, there is always a silver lining. With Jim Harbaugh off the field, they are 6-0. In my opinion, Georgia is not undefeated if Kirby Spart misses six games. There's no way Alabama's 11-1 if Nick Saban missed six games. They were lucky to beat Auburn this weekend. Texas, no way they're 11 and 1 without Sark play calling being part of that offense. Washington is not undefeated without Kalen DeBoers on the sideline. Yet Michigan is so good, they're 6 and 0. And that would make me propel them today to the number 1 team in the playoff rankings. And that is huge because what nobody wants to do is face Georgia or Oregon first. That number one spot matters a lot. I could, I think, toe-to-toe, Oregon may be the best team in the country. What you want is that number one ranking so you can face Florida State with a backup or Alabama with a weak quarterback or Texas, who's very talented, but it's Texas. <laughs> they stub their toe a lot. To me, the only reasonable fair argument is Michigan number one. Oregon's got a loss. Texas does. Bama does. Georgia? What would propel you to vote 
Georgia over Michigan. Who's got the most impressive win? Michigan. Who's got a first-round quarterback? Michigan. Who went undefeated without their coach on the sidelines? Michigan. Georgia's always been about defense. This year, who's got the better defense? Michigan. Harbaugh's absence now can only fairly be viewed as a strength. Undefeated, beating two top ten teams. Defense better than Georgia. Don't have a loss. All that controversy. Ohio State is a really good team. I wouldn't be bothered if somebody put Ohio State in as the number four team. I think they're better than Texas. I think they're better than Bama. Now, I don't think they're better than one loss Oregon. I think Oregon, again, maybe the best team in the country. But everybody, don't get too down. The only reasonable fair take is that Harbaugh not being on the sidelines and able to beat a team as good as Ohio State. That is a real big boy team. That defense is really good. And Michigan just kept getting the ball and mowing over them and running over them and scoring over them. Here was Jim Harbaugh yesterday. My focus has been with the team, you know, the entire time. This has uh, been a tremendous season. Uh, right, right, the exact position that we hoped for, that we worked so hard to be in, and and um, it's onward now. There's, uh, we've accomplished many of our goals, but not all of them yet. You know, now the next is is winning the conference championship, and that's that's uh, where our focus is, and so. Um, I would say, you know, to be back, but I never left. Powerful. Right. 6-0 and without him on the sidelines. Georgia, Texas, Bama, Washington, Oregon. Uh, could the other teams do that? Could they beat Ohio State? Ohio State's good. Ohio State's really good. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Let's start with the Carolina Panthers. The breaking news here in the last, what, 90 minutes, they fired Coach Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Carolina, an NFL worst 1-10. and 10. Uh, Reich has now been fired in back-to-back seasons. Kind of brutal. Colts let him go a year ago in November. Um, you think this... You know, we saw this coming, Colin. We called it. I told yeah, you but... Reich was in trouble. One and done is in play. But... Okay, but... They've now run through five coaches in five years yeah. since. Te- you can't do this. This is ridiculous. What top coach wants this job? Well, that's going to be a problem. Uh, filling this job is like they don't have a quarterback. Sorry, Bryce Young ain't the dude. I'm sorry. It's just it's not. Um, you had an offensive coach in Frank Reich, and you you can't score touchdowns. First like, of all, they can't fire, do fire the general manager. The talent hole on this franchise. They have no receivers. Well, they've got some pieces to sell on defense. We would agree. Yeah. And you got to do that. Just fire but sale. But their everybody. problem is they can't score. And so, again, we can all bury Frank Reich and Bryce Young. Why not at the trading deadline? You're not paying Bryce Young anything. Why not trade off linebackers? You know, Chicago, for all their problems, for the, all, the Bears play tonight, and for all the criticism the Bears get, they moved off expensive defensive pieces. They went and got DJ Moore. They went and got another tight end. They went and draft offensive line. They have tried, even Chase Claypool. They tried to give Justin Fields a fighting chance. 
Nobody in this league, I don't care who it is, this offense doesn't have a one, a two. I'm not sure they have a three receiver. There's no talent here. Bang the, bang on, and now this job. Who would want this job now? No, it's not a good job at all. Uh, you've got an owner that people are like, oh, that guy's firing people left and right. You don't have a top five pick when you should be picking number one. And listen, I'm not here to bash Bryce Young, but every game C.J. Stroud plays, Colin, it that pick looks even worse. I mean, C.J. Stroud is lights out, and Bryce Young... Like, they couldn't move the football against Tennessee. Like I, they, I think they're 1-8-2 and two against the spread this year. And they're getting, you know, big margins every game. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, this, it, this beyond bad. Bryce Young, they're going to let it go for the rest of the year and next year. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to draft another quarterback. Well, they don't have a, they don't have their pick. Chicago gets that number one pick, and they're going to take a quarterback. But again, the teams in this league, I'll say this, Desmond Ritter's not the guy. But Atlanta got a lot of criticism for drafting a running back. But what the Atlanta Falcons were saying is, between Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, pretty good old line, we're going to see if Desmond Ritter can play, but there'll be no excuses because we have players. We gave him an offensive coach. So, and that's what Chicago's done. No excuses. We're going to give Justin Fields a fighting chance here. Houston, by the way, hit on Tank Dell, Nico Collins. So there's some players there. They have a great left tackle. Carolina's got nothing. And so you can keep firing. I say this all the time about Robert Sala and the Jets. Everybody in the league knows it's not Sala. The defense, his side is good. You, I mean, you had to go pay Alan Lazard. Who, who wanted that? You had to hire Nat Hackett. That wasn't Sala's call. So the bottom line on this stuff is you can keep firing coaches. What is your available pool to get an elite coach now? I mean, Matt Rule, boom. Frank Wright, boom. I mean, you, you move your family. I, I mean, who's going to move their family cross-country to this nonsense? This is, you're going to have to take, like, a coordinator or something. Uh, you know, a, a Matt Eberflus-type guy who was his coordinator and is popping. But, I, listen, I'm not defending the billionaire owner, uh, but ownership is difficult, Colin, okay? This guy wanted. He, he saw his guy in Bryce Young. We got to go get him. And they made a terrible move to go up and get Bryce Young. Like, I... It's tough. Tough being a Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, next up, the Chargers last night. Goodness gracious. I will do my best not to say a bunch of bad words during this segment because this team, I think you warned me. Don't don't back the Chargers in any way, shape, or form. No, no, no. I took, and, I took the Ravens uh, in this game. And, uh, and for the record, 12 men on the field. Chargers. And I think it was after like a kickoff or something. Like... Just, it's, I, I, I'm not going to get into the blame Justin Herbert nonsense. Uh, oh you know, no. the jabronis on the internet can do that. Uh, I, Justin Herbert didn't fumble like Eckler did. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't fumble like, uh, what's his name, uh, Keenan Allen. Like, when your best skill position players are coughing it up, Herbert's got to do everything. Offensive line for the Chargers, by the way. What's going on? Also, Corey Lindsley has been out, and, and, like, they haven't solved that thing. Well, they Mike Williams got hurt, so that eliminated their deep threat. Quentin Johnson, their first-round receiver draft pick, is a mile from, from playing. He got benched yesterday. Did you yeah, see that? He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a whiff. So if he was a hit, they'd have a downfield threat. But Herbert has to dump off underneath because they have no downfield threat. And when you get to Thanksgiving, people have the film. Everybody knows now they can't beat you downfield. So essentially, it is a 12-play drive offense. It, it, you, it, that's impossible. Like, the Philadelphia Eagles can do that, but they can beat you over the top with A.J. Well, Brown. It, it, they yep. can't beat you over the top. And these defensive coordinators, everybody in the world sees it. You jam the line, you slow down the run game, you put pressure on Herbert. He can't beat yeah. you over the... It's not a punitive. You don't want to blitz Mahomes because he'll beat you over the top. When you can't beat me over the top, I'm going to put pressure yeah. on you. By the way, why isn't Herbert running more? Did you see the one scramble he had? It was only like 40 yards. You're like, this guy's a gazelle. And I, Listen, I'm not going to bash Kellen Moore. One other thing. like 
Everybody's saying, oh, Philly, uh, they didn't have Lane Johnson, and, and, and Jalen Hurts was fine. The Buffalo Bills, if you look at the box score, I think they hit Jalen Hurts once outside of the sacks. Justin Herbert got hit nine times besides the sacks last night. The Ravens just battered him. Like, they, he has no chance back there. This team I'm is, done this with Brandon Staley. The like, other thing is, and I know this is very Los Angeles-based, but L.A. is a very crowded, distracted sports market. You got the Dodgers. You've got USC's football history. The Rams are emerging. I mean, what a year they're having, considering we thought they were going to be a three-win team. You've got UCLA basketball. You've got hockey. You've got soccer. You've got the Lakers. Right? Like, this is a distracted sports market. So the char the Chargers came into this market in Los Angeles as a very small brand that had turned off San Diego. They're now disappearing as a brand. They're viewed in this town as irrelevant and poorly, like, managed. Yeah. They're just not, they're not well done. And the Spanoses are dying for, you know, publicity. And it's like, no, no, you came in as a weak brand in a powerful, distracted sports market with the Lakers and the Dodgers. And now you're seen as futile and underachieving. Like, you have no brand. You were playing in a soccer stadium a couple years ago. So, to me, if you, if you care about that stuff, how do you sell the Chargers in Los Angeles now? I mean, I got news for you. Dodgers draw about $5 million a year. The Lakers are going to be fine forever. Clippers have a new stadium opening. I know it's a Clippers, but like it's going to be this, flashy. This market bails on average really quick. 70 degrees here. We got beaches and mountains. It bails on you. I don't, they came in as a weak brand. What is their brand now other than underachieving? I don't know who's advising Spanos, but... He might that those people might need to hit up JNC Consulting because we can do a PowerPoint program <laughs> to solve this team. You've got a Ferrari at quarterback, and he looks like a Toyota. They're doing a horrible, horrible job. Like I'm just disgusted. I, and I backed the Chargers last night, of course, and you know uh, <laughs> that that plays into it. But let, let's get to the third story because I do like this one, Colin. Mac Jones, the immortal Mac Jones, benched after another listless performance. Two laughable interceptions, one in the red zone. How do I know that? Because I watch his crap game, and I was backing the Patriots like an idiot. Mac Jones completed 12 passes for 89 yards. Bailey Zappi came in, looked decent for a minute, and then they, they blew the game at the end. How about this? Brian Dable, with a third uh -huh. quarterback, has as many wins as the Chargers. <laughs> so all these people banging yeah. on Brian Dable. Well... Coach of the year to Brian Dable. This is where a win is a loss for the Giants. They've, well, they've now taken themselves out of the Caleb Williams, Drake Nation. That doesn't matter. Six. They can get Bo Nix. We'll see. All, I, I'm all not, I'm saying is, not a lot. take DeVito three weeks ago. Oh, DeVito was crap yesterday. No, 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 no I'm not saying that. But three weeks ago, I thought he was a college quarterback. Like yesterday, he it was like, I yeah, touchdown. So, okay, let, hold on. So Belichick drafted a kicker in the fourth round. That kid missed a 35-yarder earlier this year. Missed a 35-yarder yesterday that would have sent the game to overtime. Belichick drafted the kicker. I, I'm, ju I'm just saying right now, and I was right on the Panthers. I said, what's Reich, one and done. I'm telling you, if you ask me now, I don't think Belichick survives this. This is, this is bad, Colin. Like, Bailey Zappi goes in and is like, okay. Well, they have no offensive talent of note. They just don't have... I mean, they get... Douglas. The, Douglas, the kid who I advised on fantasy, got a concussion yesterday, second half. They had no offense. They can't move the ball. Yeah. it's Look, they drafted three guards and two kickers. It, it, it's Robert Kraft, at some point, has to be honest about this. We'll build you a statue. 
But this team is so fundamentally offensively tone deaf. I mean, as bad as Pittsburgh is, they at least can draft and develop receiving talent. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's got their defensive culture and issues. They're going to make but, the playoffs this year, by the way. Oh, look at the they got seven wins. If you look at Pittsburgh's schedule, they may end up being eleven and four. Minka Fitzpatrick's coming score. back. Yeah, no, no, they they got some things. The, the Patriots, though, they're a, they're a laughing stock. I know the Jets are struggling, but um, we shall see what happens with Belichick. That's Belichick watch over the holidays. Oof. Wow. J Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd line. So Colin news. was right. Colin was wrong. Uh, top of next hour. So. Um, I think the Sean Payton Denver Broncos story is incredible. So just think about this. The Chargers could have hired Sean Payton. They went cheap. They are now circling the drain. Sean Payton left the Saints. They now look like one of the worst coach teams in the league, circling the drain. And Sean Payton and Denver are surging. Anybody else notice this? Hottest team in the AFC? Do I think they're the best team in the AFC? No. But every metric and every data indicates that Sean Payton has got Russell Wilson, Mr. Washed, that's what everyone claimed. Sean Payton has got Russell back to being mostly Russell in Seattle. The passing yards are down. All the other metrics, very even to Seattle. Also, uh, the Sean Payton took a shot at Nathaniel Hackett. That was inappropriate. Looks like it was very right. The, the Jets are an unwatchable Nat Hackett tire fire, and Sean Payton has won five straight. You may not have liked his opinions. They weren't wrong. And when you're truly great, and Sean Payton, I believe, is as a play designer and an offensive coach, there is something called the domino effect or the ripple effect, that you will have absolute influence on things you're not just directly connected to. You think the Chargers would be struggling with Sean Payton? You think the Saints, with Derek Carr and Sean Payton, would be this inept offensively? Yes, they gave up 70 points to Miami. Oh, I'm sure the trolls on the internet, what a bum! Every smart business person knows sometimes you have to bottom out. It creates clarity. And that created clarity. In their five-game winning streak, they've given up 80 points total when you watch that game yesterday it was the defense the defense was like physical and nasty and pushing cleveland around four of their five wins by the way have come against teams with winning records like a kansas city's mixed in there yeah it's a real team it's a real team sometimes you have to bottom out they did against miami but sean payton i said it before this was a big lift Way bigger than he probably presumed, and I don't think Russell Wilson is the perfect quarterback for his system. I think it's pretty difficult. This is not his ideal quarterback, but he's making it work is what great coaches do, and the ripple effect of Sean Payton, the Chargers, the Saints, even the Jets now. Yeah, the Jets took that coach. That's a ripple effect. Here's Sean after. We felt like this was going to be a pretty physical game. Um, we had a lot of respect for this team. And fortunately, we jumped ahead early on in that first half. And um, again, we have a game where we have three takeaways. I think that's four weeks in a row now. Um, we were better in the red zone. There were a lot of things we did today that, um, that I was pleased with. And we felt like we beat a good football team.
They did. Efficient, buttoned up, low turnovers. Isn't it amazing, too, in the NFL? It's crazy. And I don't think Denver feels like a playoff team, but when you get the quarterback playing well in this league, isn't it amazing how good the other players look? Go back one year. And I, and I was guilty. I was like, Patrick Zertan's our only good player. What would I? And then I'm watching him yesterday, and Cleveland's a physical team, and Denver was more physical. The safety, Simmons is great. I love both Williams and P. Ryan, the running backs. Both can catch, both are physical. Offensive line's playing pretty well. Jerry Judy, Mims was a great draft pick. Now he's going to be a little inconsistent, rookie receivers are, but he's explosive. Their backup tight ends making great plays. That's why I say there's only one player in the NFL, one position quarterback worth more than a point a game. If you get that right, nobody talks about drop passes. Nobody talks about officials. Nobody talks about play calling. Sean's number one job, just get Russell Wilson right. He has, and now you watch Denver, it's like they got dudes. They can match up with anybody. They can match up with Jacksonville. They can match up with Kansas City. They just beat them. They can match up with Baltimore. The way they're playing is run first, Russell second. He's now moving like he did in Seattle. Excellent defense. This team, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I start looking around and I'm like, Pittsburgh doesn't feel like a playoff team. And my guess is today, Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Look at their schedule. Look at their defense. This is what coaching looks like. Fun stuff. Colin right, Colin wrong, top of the hour. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Dynasty the king. king. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, we got a huge doubleheader on Fox. First, the Lions take on the Saints or other regional action. Then, in America's Game of the Week, Christian McCaffrey and the Niners take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in one of the biggest games of the year. Check for the games in your area Sunday on Fox. Oh, my God. That that game. I'll tell you something. At Fox, we've had some big numbers. Philadelphia, San Francisco. 30 mil? Well, that's a lot. But that that, that is, game's good. It's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. There is so much talent yeah. on the field for Philadelphia, San Francisco, and it's interesting. So I I I, I bet Buffalo last night. Yeah. in the points, because I did think it was they would be flat. Philadelphia had just played. You know, they just beat Kansas City, rematch of the Super Bowl, and the Niners don't undervalue how impressive that Philadelphia win is, because they just came off their Super Bowl team, and now it's the Niners. We watch week in and week out in college and pro football, what we call sandwich games, where you watch a team. This is when the Bengals lost to the Texans at home. Remember, it was a sandwich game. Do not undervalue how impressive that win is, that you have a sandwich spot, biggest game of the year, you're circling it, it's the Niners, and you played like crap in the first half. And you still found a way to win. It sounds like you're talking yourself into the Eagles here. Be careful. I'm going to give you one number. 92. That's how many plays the Eagles defense was on the field for. No, no. no. 92 plays. I, no, no, Usually I, over 80 is I like significant. Say, I didn't say I like Philadelphia. I do think there's a limit on how many times you can win close games. So, Like there is a limit. And I think the game means more to San Francisco. Philadelphia can lose this game. They're fine. Right. San Francisco doesn't want to go to, like, say, Dallas. Right? Like, yeah. they want to win their division. They want to get as many W's as they can because they had a three-game losing streak. So the game, remember, we watched Philadelphia. People said revenge didn't matter. Go to Kansas City and win. It matters. So, yeah. San Francisco feels like, after that Christian McCaffrey touchdown last year in the playoff game, they yeah. thought they had him, so and e- Purdy got hurt. Eagles were minus one and a half on the look-ahead line. They put out a line a weekend before. You can only bet it in Vegas. Now it's San Francisco minus two. So I San mean, Francisco, zero, which isn't huge, but, but it's San a three Francisco, and a half point swing. No, San Francisco's the side. Now the best number's gone, but San Francisco, Brock Purdy revenge game, baby. Yeah. By the, by the way, 
I can love a team (laughs) and not for a week situationally be on their side. San Francisco's totally the side. So I want to say this about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We got our first glimpse this year of the old Chiefs. Down 14-0, suddenly leading 21-14, three possessions later. So dynasties go in stages, and it's always turbulent when you're transitioning from stage one to stage two, which the Chiefs are. But now remember, everything about them is Super Bowl worthy. A coach, A quarterback, A O-line, top four pass rush team. So there's a lot to like about them. They're just very, very young at wide receiver. And they're trying to mature at wide receiver very fast. So uh, Rasheed Rice, second-round pick, very talented. He's a baby. He's a kid. They're trying to speed up his maturity. Uh, Kadarius Toney, who didn't play yesterday, super athletic, super twitchy, but he's just wildly inconsistent, can't trust him. Doesn't mean he can't make big plays. Uh, Justin Watson, to me, is a two or a three, but he is productive, and Mahomes does appear to trust him. So I would say this about Kansas City. They have what they call first-world problems. They're 8-3 and three in the tougher conference, in now a better-than-we-thought division, because Denver's good. Um, they're 8-3, and three, and one of their losses, they were missing Chris Jones, their best defensive player, and Travis Kelsey, their best offensive player, not named Patrick Mahomes. So it's like first-world problems. Um, and also remember this, Joe Burrow, gone. Josh Allen, won't be in the playoffs. Justin Herbert won't be in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can't beat the Chiefs 0-3. Tua, oh, give me a break. Limited, especially in cold weather. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, who we love, deserves MVP votes. January's he's either been unavailable or lost. So it was a little bit of the old Kansas City. You got a little glimpse of it. Uh, I still think this team is trying to find its way at wide receivers. I don't think they have a one. Rasheed Rice is really good. You can't ask a rookie wide receiver with a sophisticated system to walk in and crush pre-Thanksgiving. He's getting there, and here was Mahomes after. When you have a short week and you're playing a, a team like the Raiders, you know, always plays you tough. Um, you have to you have to bounce right back. You wash it, you learn from it, and then you kind of just go back to the fundamentals and working. Um, and so we still have stuff to learn from this game. I mean, there's there were certain situations where we didn't execute at a high enough level, um, but we're obviously took a step in the positive direction. Now let's just continue to do that throughout the rest of the season. For the record, we look at the Raiders as sort of dysfunctional, and we look at Carolina, who fired their coach today. What a mistake! Dysfunctional. But I'll say this, it looks like, even with that loss, how competitive the Raiders were, they will give Antonio Pierce, we would suspect, the gig. And I think that writes the ship a little. Whether or not he's a great coach, I don't know. But when you're turbulent, when you're turbulent in the NFL, when you're a bit of a tire fire, the Jets, the answer is not always fire the coach. The Jets do not have a roster offensively to win a lot of games in the AFC. They do not. Uh, Carolina does not have a roster good enough to win. Uh, The Raiders, I've said this, the Raiders roster, they've got an elite pass rusher and some really nice offensive pieces. There is no reason the Raiders could not be a playoff team next year. I don't buy this. for Carolina's got no offensive. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacobs, a good left tackle. Raiders got players. Raiders has offensively an elite pass rusher. Don't tell me the Raiders don't have players. They're not that far off. But the story yesterday in this game is we got a little old Kansas City. 
you know, 21 nothing, 14 nothing down quickly, three possessions, couple possessions, bang, you lead, you're tied. And that's something with Burrow gone. Herbert's not making the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence has never played well against the Chiefs. It's something. If you use debit, here's a game changer. Discover cashback debit. Checking account that rewards everyone with cashback on everyday purchases. And no fees at all, period. Eligibility in terms, check it out at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover bank member FDIC. Colin Wright, wrong next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.